0: Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Owygen? Brave the Wild is available on the SportStuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and also on DoubleTwist, which is for Android devices. Which of course, Stitcher is for both, and iTunes is Apple. Blah blah blah. Great to be back here on Brave the Wild once again as we talk about a team that's well, it's had its ups and downs the past week or so. Hope all of you had a nice New Year's and New Year's Eve and everything. For the first time in, I don't even know how long, (laughs) the Minnesota Wild finally had a good New Year's Eve. Yes, the Wild finally won a New Year's Eve game. They broke another curse. They did it. They broke the December swoon and all that. They broke the script. You know, always lose in December. And then, of course, wrap it up with a hapless loss at home (laughs) on New Year's Eve. In this case, well, the Wild went on the road to St. Louis and... Just even a year ago, the thought of at this stage anyway, the thought of going to St. Louis on New Year's Eve, well, there's a loss. No, not a loss. The Wild went three to one. It's a pretty much the opposite score that people would have probably expected between Minnesota and St. Louis. The Wild seem to just they they seem to have St. Louis's number now, and it's wonderful. Just like how the Wild generally are able to beat Colorado, not every single time, but overall, the Wild are in Colorado's head, and it looks like the Wild are in the Blues' head now as well, <clears throat> Jake Allen was in net for the game, and he was about the same as he was in the postseason, giving up a kind of, mm, not the worst goals ever, but certainly, it <laughs> certainly wasn't as sharp as you, as uh, coach uh, Ken Hitchcock would like, you gotta love the facial expressions by Ken Hitchcock, he's the Rick Adelman of the NHL, because uh, those of you that watch basketball, Rick Edelman, who coached the Timberwolves, of course, for a while, and before that with Sacramento and such, would always have these Funny faces when things wouldn't go so well. It was really entertaining to watch. And Ken Hitchcock, every time the Wild score, he just has this look like you've got to be kidding me. And it's just the funniest thing you ever saw. <laughs> oh, the Nino Niederreiter one—you could read his lips. He's like, "Oh my God!" It was so funny. <clears throat> Kevin Shattenkirk, after a <laughs> after a scoreless first trade, which had me a little bit worried, but at the same time encouraged. At the same time, I mean, you you got to think the Wild can beat the Blues. You, you got to hope so. You gotta hope. Uh, the Wild beat them earlier in the season, uh, and they also lost <laughs> later on. They beat the, the Blues in Xcel Energy Center way back on October tenth, three to two, and then on Saturday Halloween, <laughs> the Wild lose to St. Louis in in overtime. Which the Wild, yeah, that's another huge topic we can talk about in this <laughs> in this episode. Uh, and then of course they take the series lead, the season series lead, with a three to one victory. Very encouraging on the road. Then you split one more on the road, one more at home, February 6th and March 6th. It's all these sixes and 3-1. It's kind of creepy. I don't know. (laughs) It's kind of weird. But, uh, uh, hey, it wasn't too creepy in this one. The Wild get the victory. Very, very exciting. Eric Halla has two points, which is crazy. Nino Niederreiter. It's really cool to see these guys who've been struggling for so long to get on the scoreboard, to really be picking up the pace. Uh, Justin Fontaine, who'd been injured for the longest time, assisted uh, Niederreiter's goal. He put the puck on net. And Jake Allen just left it just left it out there. And then Nino Niederreiter finished the job great deal there. Charlie Coyle also kind of helped uh, Thomas Vanek much later on. Of course, that was an empty netter. Finally, Thomas Vanek scoring. That was what made it 3-1. to one. And then Eric, Eric Holla, though, with a kind of a wh- wacky angle of a shot with his third goal of the season, assisted by Nino Niederreiter for his second point in the game. Again, Holla assisting Nino Niederreiter's goal earlier. Really cool to see Holland and Niederreiter getting two points in the game. And then you see Coyle and Fontaine also adding assists. Really nice to see <clears throat> those guys, again, like I've been saying, kind of picking up the, the trend a bit. Though, unfortunately, it doesn't quite continue during this episode. But we'll see how things go after that in the next coming weeks here. Would be nice to see Coyle continue the trend he's been on Though It's been extremely exciting, along with Nino Niederreiter playing like the Nino Niederreiter we know. The one that scores game-winning goals that end end playoff games and playoff series. Uh, Vanek has quieted of late. Luckily, he was able to be the guy putting the puck on net during an empty net (laughs) situation for the St. Louis Blues, netting his 12th goal of the year. Really cool. Certainly not complaining about Thomas Vanek. He is a completely different player than he was last year. A very happy, wonderful night for the Minnesota Wild to finish up... uh, Fairly successful 2015. They're a very strong team, and it's frustrating that the Wild are just in the wild card standings. I'll talk about more of that in the second segment. I I could talk about it now, but we got more games to review, so let's keep moving. Oh boy, the extra period situation and shootout in this case bites the Wild again in Tampa Bay. An, a nasty, nasty little Florida visit for the Wild to Florida two steps Saturday, January second, Sunday, January the third. The Wild come out with a single point in that. At least we got a point against Tampa Bay, but oh man, mm, I don't know, very frustrating. Uh, I'll talk about Florida also in a second. My goodness, Oof, they're the Florida Flames, not the Calgary Flames, if you know what I mean. They are on fire. Tampa Bay has not been on fire, but very important win for them, I suppose. This, is, this will probably help them continue their push to make the postseason, which is still very possible over there in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Philip Filippula opening things up for. Tampa Bay, midway through the first period with his fourth goal of the season, and then Charlie Coyle with a gift, and I mean an absolute gift, from <clears throat> from the Tampa Bay goalie, I can't even pronounce his name, and I, I heard it so many times, and now it's <laughs> Vesavelli, sorry about that, ah, no it's not. Vesavelski. there we go, <laughs> Vesavelski. yeah, it's kind of complicated, but you get the idea. He made a save, and then Put, pass the puck out right to Charlie Coyle. Coyle finishes immediately on a really nice wrister of a shot. 10th goal of the season, there you go. So Coyle continuing the trend. As uh, Coyle and Niederreiter continue their hot run during the course of this game, Coyle with two points, Niederreiter also assisting on Jared Spurgeon's goal as he was attacking the net to tie it up. Unfortunately, though, before that, Kucherov made his, or scored his 14th goal of the year early in that second period. The lightning up two to one, an unexpected uh, turn of events in this one. I thought the wild were going to win this game, and you had a, a, they at least had one day off on New Year's Day. It's not like they were like that tired. Uh, I don't know, just an unexpected turn of events, though. A nice goal by Jared Spurgeon, who's always clutch, just like Nita Ryder. always clutch, scoring at the at big big moments, getting a, a, attacking the net in that situation, getting a rebound off of Coyle's shot sixth goal of the season. Again, newly signed five-year contract, all that good stuff. Trade rumors haven't necessarily gone away yet, though, because the Wild have been... (laughs) The Wild would like to acquire Ryan Nugent Hopkins, or at least so we'd like to believe. That's what we've been hearing uh, off and on, but um, nothing yet. And Spurgeon is the guy that Edmonton wants. There's no doubt about it. The Edmonton native, Jared Spurgeon. We'll see how things go there. And the shootout just sucked. Yeah, it just sucked. It was classic, and it was as short as possible. Just Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Zach got stopped, and then Dubnik made a stop. Koivu didn't even make it on net on his backhand attempt, and then Callahan scores, and then Coyle can't finish, blah blah blah. Just five shots on goal in the oh well, not on goal, just five shot attempts in the game. Coyle couldn't even get the shot on net and Bay wins the game very quickly in a shootout. The Wild have been completely unsuccessful in the extra period this entire this entire season and it's killing us. Uh, As good as the Wilds' record is, it's very strong and everything, but just imagine how many more points the Wild would have right now if we could be a little bit more successful in the extra period. Even five more points, the Wild would have 55 points on the year. Think about that. Do you realize where we would be right now? (laughs) Well, we'd be higher up. We'd actually still be ahead of the Florida Panthers, which is crazy. They have 54 points on this season. We'd be ahead of Chicago and St. Louis right now, and ahead of L.A. We'd be like third best team or so in the NHL. Yeah, we would be. We would be the third best team in the NHL behind Washington and uh, why am I blanking? Washington and Dallas, of course, which I don't think is going to be the Stanley Cup Finals, but boy, they're sure looking good in the regular season. Let's go to Florida. Oh, goody. This is a shutdown son son-of-a-biscuit team. As of this moment, they've won 11 games in a row. Can you believe it? No, I can't. Uh, Florida, clearly a strong team. They have Multiple good defensemen. Of course, you got Brian Campbell and, um, and Willie Mitchell, veterans that are good, and they have others that have been very strong for them. Um, in this case, Roberto Longa wasn't even in net. Ultimately, it was Al Montoya, who's another good goalie. Nothing wrong with Montoya at all, at all. But uh, Yarmer Jager, the man of the night, two goals in the game, scoring. <laughs> my God, that guy's got good hands. Oh my lord! Oh, <laughs> he is a son of a gun, isn't he? Uh, Jason Zucker. Staying on net, though, to tie things up very early in the second period, as Jager scored like 27 seconds into the game. that kind of got us like a little bit like, oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, it was immediately Jager or Jager. Just right out of the gate, like, of course, yager's going to score here. 12th goal of the year. Zucker, though, gutting things out. After uh, Koivu <laughs> tried to tip in Ryan Suter's shot, and Zucker was able to kind of Fight at and just get it barely past Montoya, and that was all the Wildwoods score against this this uh, smothering defense of the Florida Panthers and Yarmer Yager. And of course, the Wild were tired. Imagine that, you having to go to uh, overtime and such the night before. And Yarmer Yager again showing some immediately, just just some an unbelievably quick hands on a shot that wasn't that close, and Dubnik could not make the stop. I gotta think Dubnik's getting a little bit tired, and it's unfortunate that Kemper's not available because you can't put Baxter in. You just can't. And it's a crappy situation at the Wilder in right now with, with uh, Backstrom. You, you, you just don't want to even put him in there. He, he can't play anymore. And, yeah, we're stuck with him because of that damn injury situation in the summertime. Yarm or Yager, the easy choice for star of the game. Two goals, 12th and 13th of the year. Now he's one of the, <laughs> continues to rise up and to be one of the leading scorers in the NHL still at age 43. Unbelievable player indeed. And he's going to be the captain over there for the, in the Ulster game. He's going to be one of the captains. That's pretty funny. Though I'm guessing he doesn't want to play too much. He's 43. Come on. You can't put him out there on 3-and-3. Three three. Maybe he'll just be like a bench coach or something. <laughs> uh, the Wild next play, Florida, on Sunday, February the 28th, which normally would be the last day of February. But, of course, it's leap year, so it's not in this case. But, eh. That's the next time the Wild play, Florida. Hopefully we can make it up at home. And the Wild success rate against Columbus, kind of checkered, a checkered pass, kind of like the <laughs> kind of like the New Year's Eve situation. But this is a good one, Tuesday, January the 5th, nice little victory for the Wild, kind of similar to the St. Louis game, kind of similar. It's like, you got to beat this game, it's Columbus, they're not any good, you know, and they've had some solid seasons, they even had Marion Gabrick the year they made the postseason, but uh, Zach Parisi, man, getting the job done. Just getting that job done with a hat trick again. Coming back from injury a couple days before. And now he looks like the Zacharisi that happened before his his first injury in the season. Way back in the year when he had a hat trick to open the season and he was just on fire. Then he was hurt for like the longest time. Came back kind of quiet here and there. He'd get some assists, some goals, kind of a smattering here and there. You know, sporadic. Then he gets hurt again for a couple games. And boom, now he's the not Now he's the Gabriel. Yeah, now he's the Zach Parisi that was going on again before the injuries. A plus four in the game. He was on the ice for all four of the goals. Hat trick for Zach Parisi 12, 13, 14. Kind of like Yama Yager in the goal category in this one. Of course, his third goal was an empty netter, along with uh, Mikhail Granlin. This was kind of a dramatic little game. Parisi opening things up in the first period. Late, Late, though. He's back with uh, Granlund and Pominville. He's back on that line again. Kind of cool. And of course, they've they've stuck together for most of the time. You don't see Pominville's name show up anymore during this entire show, which is frustrating. And it didn't show up at all. Kind of disappointing. He's he's gone back into he's gone back into uh, hibernation or or dormancy or whatever you want to say. Nice to see Breezy though. Just so aggressive, attacking that net and getting the puck in there. Oh man. 13th goal later on, Granlin and Suter assisting again, no Pominville just Pominville didn't even touch the puck in those situations, Uh, Cam Atkinson scored early in the second period to make it a tie game, but again, Parisi's 13th goal of the year, got things rolling, and then late in the game, after a lot of back and forth, a lot of defense, great stops by Dubnik here and there, and great stops by Forsberg, Forsberg, Forsberg a goalie? I'm getting confused. Peter Forsberg, and then Philip Forsberg. Now you got Anton Forsberg, and he's a pretty good goalie for Columbus. He did a great job in this game. In fact, he got the third star in this one, ultimately. Very strong performance by him. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell? Granlin back in the scoring sheet, though, with three points in this game. Again, assisting on the first of of, uh, Zach Parisi's two goals. Uh, Parisi was able to score on the empty net, again, after Forsberg did a fantastic job throughout the night stopping the Wild from taking a bigger lead. But then, when Forsberg wasn't in the net, because Columbus had to get to that point, Parisi scoring with about 57 seconds remaining in the game, just sliding the puck on net and getting the job done, 14th goal of the year for Zach, and there's the hat trick. Unfortunately for the Wild, though, about 40 seconds later, Folingo makes it 3-2, so Columbus still has a chance, and then Granlin, just two seconds later, which is the <laughs> quickest two goals since 1987, Granlin just slides it all the way down the ice on the face-off, and he scores his fourth goal of the year. So there you go. If that's what it takes for Granlin to finally score a goal, there you go. We'll take it. Just like how it was kind of that way for uh, uh, Vanek, because he's been quieter on the scoring front, but he's still managing to get assists along with Mikhail Granlin as well. Great game for Granlin. Three points, two, two, two assists for Suter. He's up to 22 on the season, and again, three goals for Zacharisi. What an amazing effort for him. His second hat-trick of the season, and wow, wow, I mean he had his first and and second hat-tricks with the Wild so far. But he said he had quite a few in the past with the uh, New Jersey Devils. Great effort by Parisi and the Wild in general. And then we go to last night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Thursday, January the 7th, the Wild again. Well, they made a nice valiant comeback. They didn't look good in this game most of the time, just kind of out of it, not really playing up to their standards in this one. philadelphia they're playing Philadelphia at home and Philadelphia is a non playoff team in the Eastern Conference, though they still have a very strong chance of getting in because the bottom half of the East is not real good. Kinda like the bottom half of the West. <laughs> or so. It's one of the divisions in this case. It's kind of weird, but luckily the definitely increases the Wilds chances of at minimum getting the wild card in this one. If the Wild wind up about division later, what an impressive season it'll be. Um, Not a good game for the Wild at all, though. Kind of sloppy. They were kind of like picking up some old bad habits, which were costing them earlier in the season. And it seems like every time the Wild give up three goals, they end up losing the game. And it's really annoying. I mean, you can't even give up three goals because their offense doesn't... You can't really count on them to... You can't really count on them to score four goals in a game. Like, once in a while, okay, they had a couple of empty netters. That was kind of a phenomenon against Columbus. But... It seems like the three goal mark with the wild opponents is bad news, man. And I, I know that sounds kind of goofy, but it's true. Uh Sean Cortier with his eighth goal of the season, midway through the first, makes it one nothing. Scandela rifling that puck on net from about oh, about you know, from about the blue line. Uh, <laughs> it was a nice one. It looked like it looked like somebody else scored on that one. I believe Zucker. It looked like Zucker tipped it in, but nope, it was Scandela all the way, fifth goal of the season. Love that guy. <laughs> He's got quite the rival. He's got the strongest shot on the team, i got to say. And then Philadelphia, just 50 seconds apart, in, mid- in the middle of the second period, makes it 3-1. to one, Two goals very quickly. Delzato and Ryan White scoring only their second and fourth goals of the season, respectively. 3-1 to one Philadelphia, and it was silent in the Excel Energy Center. Can't believe what you're seeing. Dubnik didn't look very good on these goals. And... Uh, it wasn't just Nick though. I had Weak defensive placement. Guys just kind of sleeping uh, sleeping on the job, you could say. A sloppy game. Just a sloppy effort. And then Jason Zucker turns on the Jets about four minutes later, five minutes later. Unbelievable. After a turnover, just, uh, just flying down the ice. I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to score, isn't he? He's going to score, and he does. <laughs> Spectacular. Oh, he had to take a pretty heavy fall to finish that play because he was tripping over the goalie. His eleventh goal of the year, Jason Zucker, extremely strong in this game. (laughs) He had multiple chances to score, and that was a beauty. Just one of the great, one of the great, one of the highlight goals of the season for Mr. Zucker. And then Parisi steals the puck away and scores in the third period. His fifteenth goal of the season. Just never gives up. This guy always, always on the spot, making a great play. And his fifteenth goal of the year is that Parisi very strong, just continuing be a huge factor for the wild, especially during the especially especially since it's coming back from the injury. But man, it's fun to watch this guy when he's on fire like he is right now. Just right, Johnny on the spot on the puck, forcing that turnover and putting the puck in very, very, very quickly. And then the same guy who scored early in that second period or well the first of the two, Michael Delzato. oh goody, simply <laughs> simply makes a move a bit And Koivu and others just kind of caught sleeping on the play, and there you go. He scores, and that was quite unfortunate The Wild losing overtime. This is, of course, again, after Parisi had tied the game up late in that third period. And, uh, yeah, overtime was almost over. We get to the shootout and everything, but Bilzato just simply puts the puck on net, and Dubnik wasn't ready for it. Just went right past his shoulder. And Philadelphia wins, no shootout, nothing. The Wild lose another extra period and another point. That should have been ours, gone. Again, very, very frustrating. Or I'd like to believe should have been ours, could have been ours, would have, could have, should have. (laughs) One other topic, though, that I should have got into in the Columbus game was, um, yeah, Koivu. (laughs) Koivu was hit pretty hard and was sliding backwards quickly and hard into the the boards uh, from the ice. Looked like he hurt his neck, his head, kind of everything, his back, neck, head. Looked kind of scary, very scary situation. The way he got up, though, just like eh, not a not a big deal. I'm okay. It hurts a little bit, but I'll be all right. But then, for precautionary purposes, taken to the hospital, and he got the big alert and everything. Like, ooh, yeah, taken to the hospital. Damn, that's scary. And then eh, he's back. He's back against Philadelphia. Eh. He didn't look that good though in the game, so hopefully he can recover and get back to where he was before. No points for Miko Koi with this entire uh, <clears throat> stretch of games. He didn't miss a single game, which is pretty cool, despite that uh, scary moment. Trying not to choke to death. I don't know. I like have a frog in my throat all of a sudden. I apologize, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, Koibu, no points in this one. Hopefully he isn't going into the snide like he did every other year. He's been on such an amazing run. Please, please, keep it up. Come on, bring it back. Bring it back, Clay. We'll bring it back. (laughs) And again, hope and pray that he's healthy, though. That's kind of scary. So with that, we'll pass out the awards and get on to segment number two, where I will preview a number of games. I'm debating on four or five, (laughs) because I don't know exactly what I'm going to be able to record. But I'm going to do my best to keep up. And then, um, yeah, we'll check in on the Iowa Wild again. And uh, (laughs) a guy that's been on a nice trend down there, one of the top prospects for the Wild continues playing very strong hockey down there in Iowa. Very encouraging indeed, um, which again can make trades more and more possible for this organization. So, I don't know, who do you want to trade? <laughs> That's, yeah. Okay, let's get on with it. Um, well, the Mike madonna Award has got to go to Zach Parisi. Just absolutely phenomenal, getting a hat trick and then that nice goal there against Philadelphia at the end. Keeping the Wild alive, tying the game up, giving us a chance we're at home. We just tied things up against Philadelphia. We took the hearts. We took their hearts right out of their chest. We tied this thing up and can't finish it at home. Come on, guys. Come on, man. You're playing like the Timberwolves now. You can't even win a home game. What's going on here? Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> huge, huge concern for me though. I mean, the Wild need to finish in these in, in these overtime periods. I mean, somebody needs to finally step up and score. And of course, in the shootouts, again, score, scoring. And of course, the the. The goaltending has not been up to par in the the shootout period. It seemed like we're just, like, we're just slow. I'm mostly Devin Dubnik has not been that hot in that category. It's too bad because Kemper was damn good in those shootouts. I wouldn't mind seeing Kemper, like if it's a game where Kemper's been playing well and we have to go to a shootout and he's able to stop things. We'll see what happens there. I'm going all over the place. Um, the the uh, James Shepard Memorial is going to go to Pommonville, just non-factor. You don't really see him out there. He's barely visible. You just see him when he's celebrating goals, I guess, with people. <laughs> he gets a couple shots on goal, on net and everything, but he's been awfully quiet, and it's too bad. It's disappointing. I, it, would be, it would be nice to see him pick up the pace again. I'm sure he will, but for this week, i got to give it to you, Mr. Jason Pommonville. Sorry to pile on you, buddy. Alright, so we'll take a break, and we'll come back for that big, wonderful segment number two. Back here on Brave the Wild segment number two, preview segment, and of course, we'll bounce around the standings and such. Look how look where the Wild stand today and such playoff seedings and some of the weird kind of the seesaw battle going on, the uneven divisions right now. I, I don't know, it's kind of goofy. Uh, and of course, we're in the wrong division big time. I mean, the Wild should have home ice in the first round of the playoffs easily. I mean, they're the seventh best team in the NHL. In, in total points right now seventh best and that's after having a kind of a mediocre week here I mean they, they had some nice games and everything but you lost both games to Philadelphia uh, you lost both games to Tampa and Florida you only got one point against Philadelphia you squeezed only one point out of each of Philadelphia and Tampa come on man that, that ain't that ain't gonna get it done and well there's some very very winnable games coming up in the coming week here but you got the least winnable of all tomorrow night. I mean, the Minnesota Wild heading to Dallas on a Saturday night, does that ever sound spell victory? No. It never does. And I tried to predict it last time around. You know what? For this team to take a huge step forward, they gotta win this game. They got to win this game. They gotta end this, this, this curse. <laughs> they ended it last year and everything, but it's back again very quickly. I mean, it didn't take long, did it? It really didn't take long for the old Wild and Dallas curse to kind of return again. That team is so damn good, too. I mean, it, Washington... And Dallas is just running away with the league right now. And I guess Florida is trying to kind of join, that, join the party. Though. They're trying to make it a threesome. But let's leave that alone. That's kind of nasty. Um, the five-game series is over, technically. I mean, Dallas is up 3 nothing. Over, but Of course, the Wild have squeezed out two points out of it, miraculously. Uh, overtime loss back in mid-November. Overtime loss in late November. And then getting pounded into submission at home Monday, December the 21st. Just a sickening, disgusting, frustrating loss for the Wild to the Dallas Stars. And now we head to Dallas January the 9th, Saturday, tomorrow night. No. I mean, we're not going to win. I mean, you got Jamie Benn and, and Sagan and all these guys. Ah whatever I mean they always score the wild the wild will probably take the lead in the game get her hopes up maybe up 2 nothing. maybe they'll up 3 nothing. and then here come the stars the floodgates open and the stars win the game that's uh, whatever you know I'm sick of picking the wild to beat the stars just go out and do it okay I don't need to pick them to win I'm going to pick them to lose you know what take this as motivation even though I'm sure they don't care what I think <laughs> it'd be kind of cool though maybe some of them do listen to the show you never know you never know. They might be like, let's see what these clowns say about the Wild. Let's see. Let's see. Brave the Wild. Hmm. Oh, we're going to get pounded by Dallas again. Well, maybe he's right. Oh, burn. No. I don't want the Wild to lose to Dallas at all. I hate that team. Man, I love the Minnesota North Stars, but these are not the North Stars. Ugh. They're the they're the SOBs that, uh, well, no. <laughs> uh they're SOBs now. I mean, they weren't SOBs when they got moved away. That was Norm Green's fault. Enough. Move on, Joey. Come on. Um, Wilder well, aren't going to win the game. Dallas is going to win 4-2. to It's going to piss me off. And poor Devin Dubnik. I, I, I think he needs a night off very soon. And Kemper needs to get his ass healthy as soon as possible. And wow, literally right here. Breaking news. <laughs> literally, the Dallas Stars signed Jim Neal, their general manager, to a five-year extension. And he deserves it. I mean, just look at that team. And remember, who? What team did I pick was going to going to exceed expectations? Going to be the surprise team in the Western Conference? What team was it? It was Dallas, wasn't it? And, um, some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I hate being right, and this is the case where I hate being right because it sucks. But but it is what it is. Maybe they'll be like Nashville last year and losing the first round, but hopefully not to Chicago. If it's Chicago. You know, I think Dallas and Chicago are pretty much interchangeable when it comes to the wild success. What more is there to say? We know all their good players and their goaltending's been good enough. You know what I mean? It's been good enough. <laughs> it certainly isn't. Jamie Ben's day to day with the lower body injury. Ooh, there you go. Take advantage. And their goaltending's been good enough, though. You got kind of an interchangeable group with Niemie and Lettinan back and forth. Um, Letnin seems to always be in that. Letnins more beatable for the Wild. I don't know why we can't beat Niemie, but we just don't. Uh, they got all these former Blackhawks on the team, and it pisses me off. And they got all these great draft picks that have really worked out. And Alex Golagoski, the former Gopher, one of the... Uh, whatever. Aren't you getting sick of it? Uh, maybe it's the wrong Ben, though. It's not Jamie Ben, isn't it? It's the defenseman. I forgot about that. Shit. Geordie <laughs> Ben. Damn it! It's Jordy Ben, the defenseman that's injured. And he'll probably be fine anyway. I and mean, he's not a, he's not the worst defenseman, but <laughs> oh, shoot, shoot. damn. <sighs> and Klingberg, my God, so good. Goligoski so good. Uh, we know who they are, we know what they're all about, and the stars beat the, the wild Fortitude. two. Let's just move on. We got all these other games to talk about anyway. More positive ones, I would like to believe. I would certainly like to believe it. What's going on here? New Jersey Devils come to St. Paul, Minnesota Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So another game, hopefully after the Vikings won and defeat the Seattle Seahawks, Sea Chickens, whatever you want to call them. Corey Schneider in net for those um, Cal- Calgary Flames. I'm looking, at, I'm, I'm looking at Michael Camilleri and I'm thinking Calgary Flames, but uh, man, Michael Camilleri of the New Jersey Devils having such an amazing season. He's on injured reserve, so that sucks for them. Uh, Elias has been around forever, of course. He's been on the He's been on the devil since Jacques Lemaire was there the first time around, and probably got a yeah, yeah. He has cups with them, obviously. Um, Camilleri, though, I guess he's, I guess he's not available, and that's that's unfortunate for them. He's on injured reserve. One of the leading scorers in the NHL this year. What a comeback he has had to the um, what a what a what a what a comeback player he's been because he he kind of had a couple of down years the last few years. I mean, he got only forty-two points last year, thirty or forty-five a couple of years ago. And now he's at thirty-five already. If he can just stay healthy, man, he might be on his way to like one of those big years, seventy-point type of seasons again, eighty-point type of years. Really, I, 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 I've always liked Mike Camilleri, uh, especially when he's on the Flames. Though um, New Jersey's decent; they're all right. Um, the, the Eastern Conference is all over the place, and right now they're actually the leader in the the, the wild card standings right now in the Eastern Conference. Though so it's quite the log jam. I mean, just look at this. It's like 45 for New Jersey, 44 for Boston, 44 for Andrew Hammond. No, I'm kidding. Not not really. It's uh, actually the other guy, <laughs> Craig Anderson of the Ottawa Senators. Pittsburgh's at 43, Tampa Bay 42, Philadelphia 41. It's literally like one-point differences between all these teams. It's kind of crazy when you consider. So certainly no guarantee they're going to make the postseason, but they're, they're good enough, too. I mean, especially when you have guys playing as well as they are, like Kamaleri. Uh Paul Mary's been playing well over there as well. Um, this is a winnable game for the Wild, and a losable game for the Wild. Uh, with Camillary out, i got to think the Wild's chances will be better, and they're going to have to win this game after losing to Dallas, which I do think will happen. Season series just getting started, and this, they'll wrap things up in New Jersey March 17th, St. Patty's Day in uh, in uh, March. So there you go. There you go. St. Patty's Day. Have a Guinness so, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pick the Wild to win this one. Um, I'm not really confident in the New Jersey Devils without Kamalari in, in the scoring. As confident, we'll say. I mean, guys pick it up and things happen. We, we all know how that is. The Wild picked it up very nicely when Parisi was out. Zucker's numbers went way up and Zucker's continuing his positive run. And now you got Parisi still scoring with that, which is extremely encouraging. It's more of, I think, a, a guy like Parisi. Guys like Parisi, Zucker, Coyle are going to pick it up against New Jersey. Nita Ryder. you know they've all been playing so well lately. Maybe Pominville will come in and, and finally get a goal. <laughs> no, I know what game Pominville going to score, and I'll leave that alone. Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now, but um, or at least you hope he will. <laughs> you hope, but uh, Parisi will be a factor against his former team without a doubt. He will obviously, he'll probably factor in the scoring here. Maybe two points. I would not be surprised. Goal and assist type of game. Um, don't be surprised to see Coyle get his, what would it be, his 11th goal of the year, 12th goal of the year. Don't be surprised to see it happen against New Jersey. That's just my opinion, but um, we'll see what happens. Buffalo comes to Excel Energy Center. They continue to stink. They're not as bad as Columbus record-wise, but they've been on a horrible losing streak of late. Tuesday, January the 12th, Buffalo Sabres come to town, like I already said, and there he is. There's a chance for Jason Pollenville to score against his former team. Why not? Get it done. A very winnable game. Chance for the Wild to get on a winning streak here. Get it done. Go. Get it done, guys. You have to. <laughs> you have to. If you have no choice. Oh, Matt Molson is coming to town. Aren't you scared? It's Matt Molson. Ooh. But then again, didn't he score against us last year? That son of a gun. Only 12 points in the year. I don't know what happened to this guy, man. He was, he was a good player. 70 points just, to, just in 2012. 70 points. 53 with the Islanders the year before that. He's had a strong career in the NHL, but ever since he kind of went to Buffalo originally, not so good. I mean, oh, then again, he actually was still playing well that year. Came to Minnesota, just meh, you know, and then he didn't even play in the postseason. Whatever. He just hasn't done jack squat. Last year he was mediocre with Buffalo with 41 points. Maybe like a good third liner, or well, just a bad second liner is more like it. (laughs) And this year... 39 games, 12 points. Matt Molson, I I don't know. I don't know what happened to the guy. He's he's not that old. He's a good player. He's supposed to be a good player, but it's not working out for him. Very winnable game for the Wild. You got to get the job done. Uh, Johnson, the former Islander. I do believe that's who that is. He's the starting goalie for, yep, Chad Johnson, the starting goalie for the Buffalo Sabres. He's doing okay. He's doing about what he did in New York, about two and a half goals against. Winnable game for the Wild. Just Quite simple. Winnable game. Get the job done. He really struggled with the Islanders last year, though, to Johnson. Uh, better this year with Buffalo. Good for him in that sense. Nice way to rebound and get a chance to be a starter rather than having to be a backup over there to Nabokov. Um, yeah. I mean, what more is there to say? The Wild need to win this game. I'll pick the Wild to get this one 3-1. to I forget what I even picked for the Wild against New Jersey. I don't think I even picked a score. I picked Dallas to beat the Stars 4-2. to I'll pick the Stars to beat New Jersey 2-1. to one. It's going to be a close kind of a... It's going to be a Florida Panthers type of game, but the Wild will be on the positive end in that one. Um, Parisi will get one of those goals, in my opinion, and then maybe like Niederreiter or or, or, uh, Niederreiter or Zucker, in my opinion, will score. Um, against Buffalo, though, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pominville kind of rack it up. Maybe Vanek. It would be really cool to see those guys, at least one of those two, score against their old team. And after that, who knows, maybe Scandella, Suter, somebody like that. It's going to be like, I, I could see a defenseman getting one past Johnson. He's not too good at those long shots from what I've known from history, from what I've seen. Wild to win that game 4-2 to over the Buffalo Sabres. Winnable game for the Wild. Very winnable game. Winnipeg comes to town. Remember what a threat they were. Friday, January the 15th. What a scary team they were last year. Not really now. But the Wild still continue to kind of mess around with these guys. Um, sloppy, high-scoring games, though, which is kind of weird, because last year they were very, very low-scoring games. Hutchinson just used to shut the Wild out. It was really crazy. I don't know what's going on with those guys right now. Or was it Pavlach? I keep messing it up. Hutchinson actually has always been decent against the Wild, but that Pavlach, my goodness, that guy would really shut the Wild down. Uh, The goaltender, though, he's been out for a long time, since uh, November 22nd. Kennedy Day, you could say. Uh, A team that scores goals and everything, but they're Without Pavlich in the net, they're not the same team. They've been lousy. 5-4 uh, to loss to the Wild. Remember back on October 25th, the Wild were doing so well in that game. And they found a way to lose. It was disgusting. I don't know what happened there. Oh, man. And then the Wild went 5-3. to three. Another kind of sloppy but nice scoring effort against the Jets, Winnipeg Jets, November the 10th. And then a 3-1 to one total shutdown a week later in Exeter Energy Center. The Winnipeg Jets still kind of getting the job done. They've gotten four out of the six points versus the Wild, and now this is the Wild's last chance to win a home game against Winnipeg. Then they got to go to the Jets again much, much, much later in the year, April the 3rd. I'm sure the schedule makers were seeing this one as a playoff implication type of game, but it probably won't be for Winnipeg. And it might be one of those annoying like late season losses for the Wild. I wouldn't be too surprised, but eh, hopefully the Wild are on a nice run at the time and getting ready for the playoffs. <sighs> This is kind of a pick I mean, it's kind of like Green Bay and Minnesota, even though the history is not even close. <laughs> but, like, regardless of how poorly one team is playing and how good the other one's playing, it's one of those anything-can-happen type of games. I mean, Winnipeg-Minnesota is, yeah, it's like that. This is a natural division rival, and that's why a lot of fans got behind this rivalry right away, and the players certainly got behind it, like, immediately. It was, like, almost right away. Like, the first year the Jets were in Winnipeg, they were still in the Eastern Conference, and they were terrible. But like, seemed like right when they got over here in, in our division, it's been a natural rivalry, and it's pretty cool. It's nice to watch, even though they're an annoying team and you hate them with a passion. But then again, what's the rivalry all about? You know, Boston, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, this and that, all those Eastern Conference teams, um, Chicago and, and Colorado for the longest time, you know, uh, Detroit. Oh, my God, Detroit and Colorado is more like it, pardon me. Um, lots of rivalries that, that take place in like Minnesota Chicago, and it, yeah, though right now it's not quite what it was, it's more like uh, the Minnesota Chicago rivalry was more like Winnipeg back in the day, and um, yeah, just like Minnesota Dallas too. These, these are some good rivals. It's a nice, it, it's nice hockey to watch, though. It sucks being on the losing end. For the longest time, the Wild would have a frustrating, gritty type of game against Winnipeg, but would always seem to come out with the win. For some reason, Winnipeg's been coming out with the win this year. Um, I think the Wild win this one though, and uh, obviously we'll kind of go from there when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Sunday. But I think the Wild will even the the score here, literally, with the Winnipeg Jets. It'll be the third win in a row for the Wild, which will be really awesome. They'll beat New Jersey, they'll beat Buffalo, and they'll beat Winnipeg. All winnable games. You got to get the job done. This is going to be high scoring. Uh, very. This is going to be a higher scoring game. Four to three for the Wild may end up being a shootout overtime type of situation. Grind it out. Get pissed off. Break sticks. Whatever the hell they do. <laughs> Beat the hell out of each other. You know. Hopefully, no one gets hurt. But the Wild will win Friday, January the fifteenth, four to three in a in kind of a, a crazy Wild game. No pun intended. Saturday, January the sixteenth. Uh oh. I'm kind of concerned after getting beat up with Winnipeg the whole night before. Ouch, this is a bad back-to-back situation. Some schedule maker out there is laughing his ass off when he made this one. Thanks a lot. The other of the wildcard teams right now in the Western Conference, the National Predators, five whole points behind the Wild at this st- stage. Nashville certainly not as hot as they were last year, but they're, they're a deserving playoff team right now. Philip Forsberg, Mike Ribeiro, Neal, all these guys. Shane Weber, my goodness. Patrick Renee, who's all over the place. When he's good, though, he's great. Um, this series is all over the place again. Just kind of like kind of like Winnipeg. Um, Nashville's winning the series. But the Wild are going to even it up. I don't know about that, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. Unfortunately, this is the season wrap-up for the series. No overtime games. Uh, back on November the 5th, Nashville won a nail-biter. And I still remember that one. Heartbreaker. 3-2. to two. Nashville over Minnesota, then Saturday, November 21st, just a party for the Wild. 4 nothing in Extra Energy Center. That was so cool. Oh, man, that was freaking fun. I believe that was Dubnik, who'd been struggling, and then he f- finally got the shutout, you know, he finally got back in Gary. It was Devin Dubnik again, you know. <laughs> yep, and it was Dubnik. Yep, there he is right there, the star of the game. <laughs> I really loved that one. And then uh, a month later, Nashville, another 3-2, to victory over the Wild. Um, the first two games were both at Nashville Energy Center, so the one way back on November 5th where it was a close loss. Uh, this is the only... Well, no, this is the second one in Nashville now. I think the Predators win. If the Wild run a back-to-back, and and after a kind of a game against Winnipeg, I don't know. I'm going to have to pick Nashville in this one, unfortunately. It'll probably... It might as well be 3-2 to two again. I mean, what the hell? That's pretty much what it's been in the, in the games we lost to them, those nail-biters. <laughs> though uh, it might even be three to one, I mean I think the Wild will be pretty tired after that Winnipeg game. I'll go three to one Nashville. Unfortunately, I'm not enjoying it, but it is what it is. Would be nice to see Kemper in that though. Possibly if he's healthy at the time, that might be a difference maker for the Wild. If Darcy Kemper is healthy, maybe Dubna can get a little freaking rest. Then get like at least get a night off, a couple of days. Even though even though there's a, a nice break in between uh, Saturday and. Uh, uh, what am I talking about? This is Saturday. But, I mean, yeah, there, there's a nice break off in, uh, later on. But that's, yeah, doesn't make any sense what I'm talking about there. <laughs> I was looking ahead to the next game. What an idiot. Sorry about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, even though there's a break after that one, Devin Dubnik needs some rest. So just give him another night to go along with it. That's what I was trying to get to. So there you go. I think the Wild lose that one. Final score, 3-1 to one at this stage. And if Kemper's available, maybe the Wild win 2 to. 2-1 or 3-2 to two or something. We'll see. Hope for the best. Doesn't mean they're going to score more, but I mean, I, I just think the momentum is going to be on Nashville's side on that game, unfortunately, one way or the other. And the Wild will be doing the best to stay in it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like Kemper being in the net is going to mean more goals, but maybe the team will be a little more confident because they'll have a, a guy who's, who's uh, fresh and ready to go out there. Gotta think. So, Let's get off of it. Let's talk about the Nashville Predators. Let's talk about the standings a little more. Florida just been unbelievable in the Western coverage. The Wild are five games ahead of Nashville right now at this point. And the Wild hopefully, hopefully will win that game. But right now I can't pick it, pick it that way. Uh, both of the teams are in the in the wild cards, So the Wild's uh, likelihood of making the postseason very strong. Seven games ahead of Colorado who is the, the, for the strongest team outside of the playoffs right now. Another reason why you got to be Winnipeg, they're nine games behind us. Keep them behind us. Remember how the Wild were behind Winnipeg last year in a similar situation. The Wild were about 500-ish like Winnipeg is right now, and the Wild made a big comeback and ended up passing Winnipeg. Don't let Winnipeg do the same thing to us. <laughs> Just keep it up, Wild. Keep it up. Don't let them catch up. you got to take care of business. Uh, Pacific Division is a joke. 44 points for, for uh Phoenix, second place. The Wild are six have six more points than them, and they're not even in the top three in our division because you got Chicago fifty four, and St. Louis fifty two. Dallas is all the way up sixty two. Uh, Vancouver, a far inferior team to the Wild, even though we always seem to have a mixed mixed bag against them. Forty, only forty one points for Vancouver. It's funny because that would have been that would have been Winnipeg right there. They'd be in the playoffs right now. It's just crazy when you look at that. The Central Division is just like so damn good right now. The fifth place team would be in the playoffs right now and that's the National Predators. That's just weird. Um, Over in the Eastern Conference, I already talked about the situation with the Wild Cards, but my God. Capitals and Florida right now, they're on a collision course for the Eastern Conference Finals. If things keep going the way they are, that'd be a really weird matchup, but I don't know. We all know the Capitals' history in the playoffs. (laughs) But this this team is playing unbelievable. And they were last year too, but they finally got a bit further last season. They still ended up not getting the job done, though. Unfortunately for them, they just could not get the job done. Could not get to the finals. And again, that's how it goes. Congratulations, Tampa, in that case. They've got a long way to go, though, if they're going to make the playoffs. Though, so, well, okay, they're only three points behind. That should be a little bit easier on that one. So, Anaheim continuing to suck. Only 39 points on the year. Remember, I was looking at them as the top team in all of hockey. They're not the top team in all of hockey, man. They are... Not even close. They're just a 500 team. 39 points on the year. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Can't believe it. <laughs> sometimes sometimes things just fall apart, I guess, and that's what happened with that club, unfortunately for them. <laughs> so how are the Wild doing right now in Iowa? Well, the team isn't necessarily playing really well, but certain prospects though are stepping up and that's really encouraging. It's nice to see Mike Riley already now continue uh with with two more points this past week at least since the last episode that was just a week ago 18 points on the year he's only one point behind Christopher secchi uh Olafson the his his counterpart you could say <laughs> the other top prospect defense uh, defenseman who could end up filling in for uh long term for a, a possible Jared Spurgeon or a uh Jonas and it could be somebody like that, obviously, even some people might even go with a Marcos Scandella possibly getting traded, but no, I don't think the Wild will give them up, just rumors out there, but even, even, uh, even Lou Nanny's been talking about the Wild could give up a defensive right now if you want to get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins or somebody like that, uh, Johansson, that deal's over because Johansson went to the National Predators, it's not Johansson, it's Johansson, and uh, it was a pretty expensive trade for the, uh, National Predators, Giving up a big prospect to get him, but there you go. <laughs> National Predators now Ryan Johansson, which kind of sucks. So we'll get a look at him against the Predators. Character issues over there in Columbus. So again, like I said last time around, I you could say there's character issues with that coach, but <laughs> it's kind of he he was entertaining to watch. Though on one of those, on one of the goals that the Wild were allowed early on in that one. Mm, I like that. Uh, the prospects for the Wild though, in Iowa. Schrader, well, he's still there, and he's still got 14 points. Kind of gotten quiet the past couple games. He was pretty much almost as many points as games down there. He'd been playing so well. Uh, Sutter's gotten about one point the last week. I believe Olison went from six to seven, so that's good. At least he got one more assist. You could say Jared Knight's still nothing. Just week after week after week, stuck at six points on the season. Uh, Greyovac with a strong start down there. Now he's he's got about three points in... In like four games now, it's three points in nine games. So Graevoch, he's quieted down there. Don't be surprised if he's stuck there for a little while with the strong play of Eric Halla and such on the Wild roster. Uh, Stoll isn't exactly, Jared Stoll isn't exactly like uh, (laughs) turning any heads right now here in Minnesota. Though that's the one thing, I, I don't think the Wild are in any hurry to send him down, though, either. It's going to be interesting to see how things go. But the Wild do have four possible centers on the roster already when you have when you consider Coyle, Koivu, uh, and Hala. Though it's nice to see Coyle also at times on the wing, he, he still at this stage plays better on the wing. But uh, a lot of people thought Coyle was going to end up being in the center, was going to end up playing center with Koivu with being out, oh, but Koivu didn't miss a single game, he just had to play center during that Columbus game. That was of course, that injury took place very early in that situation. Um, the, the look at the wild prospects in, in, in Iowa, again, just kind of kind of an ongoing struggle for the majority. Of them down there. I mean, o- Olafson's defense has been really good. He's continuing to develop. He's more of a stay-at-home defenseman, anyway. Who knows? Maybe you'll see Riley and uh, Olafson play together in the at the NHL level. You just never know. Don't be surprised. Could be like a <laughs> could be like a Dumba and Brodeen type of deal, where Olofsson's Brodein and then Riley's the Dumba, I suppose. I mean, he's second on the team in scoring in Iowa, just one point behind Christopher Versace. Like I said earlier, what a strong strong uh, run he's been he's been on for a while now. He was he was doing okay early on. But then it seems like he just picked it up. He got comfortable with the AHL level, and now he's used to the speed of the uh, professional level. It'll be really cool to see how how he adjusts to the NHL level. Maybe a, maybe a month or two. At first, he'll be a little quiet, and then things will start to slowly start to pick up. And then next thing you know, Mike Riley will be one of the better defensemen on the Wild. It's going to be really exciting to see him develop on this team. It's going to be extremely, extremely exciting. I I can't wait personally. <laughs> I can't wait, and I'm sure many, many others out there would agree with that. And you still you have Olsson as well. But don't get too cocky. <laughs> don't get too cocky thinking we got all these uh, prospects and we're going to be a great team. Because you never know. They don't always. They don't always live up to the hype. A lot of us thought Brett Ballmer was going to be something. He's nothing. And there's there's many others out there. We were So we were excited about Zach Phillips early on. And very quickly after that, we learned the hard way that Zach Phillips wasn't up to the challenge. That's why he's in the Boston Bruins system, but he's playing better than Jared Knight. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to end on that note, but I guess I have to, right? No. I think the Wild will, again, take advantage. They, they need to do that. They need to take advantage of the easier schedule this upcoming week or so. A big opportunity for the Wild to get at least six points in about in in five games, or or, uh, no, more than that—they're going to like eight points in five games. Huge opportunity for the Wild to get something like that, seven or eight points in a five-game stretch. Huge opportunity for the Wild to get very close to sixty points on the season. It'll be really nice to see how uh, to to see that happen, and we'll find out how they do handle things upcoming. You got to take advantage of this. You got to get the job done because the schedule is going to get harder very quickly after that. So thank you again so much for your listening, for your listenership. Pardon me, I'm going crazy. And I just want to say God bless. Again, hope you had a nice new year and hope the Wild have a nice new year as well, if you know what I mean. Hopefully they continue a nice run here. Eliminate some of the sloppiness. Don't, get, don't bring the bad habits back. Take care of business. All that good stuff. Please tell a friend about the show. I would really appreciate it. If you're a fan of this show and you've been out there and you haven't really said anything, Hey, please uh, please uh, join the Facebook page. Simply look up Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Show in the Facebook search bar. Go on there and click like. It would be greatly appreciated. Comment on there. Then I could get some fan interaction. It's been so quiet of late, and I don't know why. it's a bummer. And then there's the at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account as well. It's been quiet and I've been inactive on the Twitter, but I'll be getting more active again and I need to. That way I can get some more fan interaction. It would be helpful. I mean, it's kind of on me there as well. There's also a phone line 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is Brave the Wild and comment about the wild as much as possible, right? (laughs) Maybe even tell me what you think about the show if you're brand new uh, to things and such. Please, again, give a nice positive rating on iTunes if you could. It would be really, really helpful. Only make the show more attractive to listeners out there. Maybe you listen on Stitcher. uh, You could give a review on there. It would be very, very helpful. I want to thank you in advance for that. And we'll be back next week, hopefully, to talk about a, hmm, division leader Minnesota Wild. (laughs)